the dark, whistling in the dark. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. Today, I have Tom Dunford here to talk about the song, Everything is Catching on Fire. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Hey, good, Greg. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Uh, late on this Saturday night, I'm feeling like I should have made coffee. Because um, the, the, this could be a long one, you know? This, this, this song here is 12 seconds. I'm, I'm worried that this episode could go all night. I could, I'm ready to pull an all-nighter. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so first, uh, tell us a little bit about about yourself i was i was i was talking to you mostly on twitter before and twitter the nature of twitter is that you don't tend to know very much about someone just from like clicking on like their you know their profile page there's usually like the descriptions are very short the uh photos tend to not be the person uh there's not like it's not like facebook and then we just recently got hooked up on facebook so i honestly don't know all that much about you. Who are you, Masked Man? Where are you at? Where where we start? I'm I'm Tom Dunford. I'm 44 years old. I live uh, outside of Boston, and um, you know, big fan of They Might Be Giants, uh, especially their early stuff. I kind of lost track of the band around John Henry and um, around John Henry. <laughs> yeah, even that was a long time ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been listening to him for a long time. So, so wait. So, but, uh, back up. Let's 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 go back to the beginning. So, were you hip to the jive right from the get go with They Might Be Giants? Pretty close. Yes. So that's a, when I was thirteen is when I first heard them, but I didn't know what who they were. I was in a car accident right before going into like the eighth grade. Oh no! And I had like, two or three weeks kind of laid up. Um, I was pretty banged up, and as a result of that accident, for like the, the, the few months, I had like really blurry double vision. I was lying on the couch, and I saw the um, video for "Don't Let Start." Yeah. And I stand, but when the word, when the you know MTV used to have the little um, little thing down below who who it was, I couldn't read it because I had double vision and blurry vision. So I thought they were called the huh. Wood Beats Ants. Wait, say that again? The would-be mighty glance. G-L-A-N. <laughs> so, I looked everywhere for them in the record. I remember going to Music Smith, which was near my house. They had a pretty good selection. Could never find it. I think I went to Strawberries. And I think they, back then they had like a phone book, kind of almost, where you would look through the things. Couldn't find <laughs> it. And then a year later, Don't Let's, uh, not Don't Let's Start, uh, Anna Anga came out on MTV. And I recognized the band. I said, oh, that's the band. That's what we're looking for. It was They Might Be Giants. Um, <laughs> so I missed them by a year just because I uh, was hit by a car. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, uh, man. 
Wow. And um, yeah, I fell in love with that that record. I was into a lot of um, stuff at the time that is probably mainstream now, but wasn't then. Like Echo and the Bunnymen, the Smiths, the Cure, stuff that people really yeah. weren't listening. Um, then I, I always kind of gravitated to you know stuff that's just not on the radio or not not popular. And this band definitely fit the bill. Like they were like nothing I'd ever heard before, especially that Lincoln record. I mean, even today, it still sounds that that's the one I'm is, I'm probably most partial to. It still sounds like nothing else um, that I've ever heard or anyone else ever come kind of close to replicating. Um, so that's my story. Um, nice. Yeah, Lincoln is a great record, and I think. I I've, I feel like I've talked about this on, on so many episodes, like having different guests, like the same things keep coming up. Like, uh, well, for one, with not just They Might Be Giants, but with lots of bands, uh, the first album I hear tends to be, like, if I fall in love with a band for uh, with a certain album, that one really sticks with me. Like, Apollo 18 was, uh, when I got into them, it was between Apollo 18 and John Henry. So Apollo 18 was has always been my favorite. And I would say Lincoln is my second favorite. And uh, just the other night, um, I recorded an episode with a guy who's around your age, and his favorite is Lincoln as well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would, I would think that the people that got into them early, like, um, were hooked by the oddball nature of their self-titled. But I believe that they really found their groove, so to speak, on Lincoln, where they learned how to not just have some songs be catchy and some songs be weird but to have every song be kind of both. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't listen to their first record um, for a long time. I, I want to say I was probably in my 20s when I got their first record. It was that, oh, really? um, that double CD with um, Lincoln and the first record. Yeah, I then. Think, you know, that was like, I think it was called like Then or something. Yeah, it was that called was then, I, then the Early Years, and also had Miscellaneous Tea yeah, on it. Yeah. That was um that was when I heard it because I'd only heard snippets of it. It was never really, um, never really explored it. Like I heard, I had miscellaneous tea too, and but I never got their first record. But you know, back back then it was, you know, you could only buy what you could afford. There was yeah, there was no place stuff, and it was it was hard to find. Kids are so spoiled but, uh, these days. <laughs> I know. I love it in some ways, but in the other. I, I, I miss going into the record stores and discovering things, but at the same time, it's great to just click on something and hear it. Yeah. Especially the I, stuff. Like now it's all available. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will still on occasion go to record stores and just dig. Um, but it's still very tempting to like, even if you find something that's like, uh, Oh, this is, this is, uh, something by band I like, but I don't have this album. Or like this is a band I've heard of, but they have so many elms. Which one do I get? Like you could yeah, yeah. still talk to the clerk. Like they're still usually like really, you know, hipper than now kind of guys running these kind of smaller shops that are still that are still kicking. Um, but then it's also tempting to just pull out your phone and be like, uh, let's go to all music. Which which one did all music give the sc- highest score to? Or which one like you know? Or like what is this band really? And then like you could even just like listen to a little bit on your phone before you even buy. Just like. Oh, okay, I'll get it. Like you're not really going in blind. I mean, you could, yeah. you could, but like it's at your fingertips to just like do a quick Google. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think when I when when I was younger, we didn't even know when albums were coming out. So like Lincoln was there, and then you go in the shop, 
couple weeks later, a month later, two months, you would have no idea. And there, there's there's floods sitting there, and you're just like, oh, they're, they're, that's a new record by them. Um, now it's all you find everything out now, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, I do. You know, I yeah, I was born in '81, so like I came up at the the tail end of like the cassette era, I guess. You know, I mean, cassettes are kicking again now, but like the first stuff that I ever bought was on cassette, and that was mostly like kid stuff, like when I was in third grade and fourth grade buying like Weird Al tapes and stuff, and like MC Hammer. (laughs) That was the that was the era. And then, um, yeah, CDs. And then I got into I got into some good stuff though pretty early because my dad and I bought uh, Beatles and Who CDs and stuff first. And and then yeah, I was a couple years later before I heard about uh, they might be giants. I mean, I'm not sure if like you know I grew up in Chicago and uh, you know I'd gotten into punk and stuff a little a couple years before that through hearing Green Day on the radio, just like so many kids did then. Yep. Um, Green Day, Rancid, Offspring, Goldfinger. Um, but I don't remember those stations playing They Might Be Giants. I feel like if they did, that I would have um, that it would have stuck out because even compared to all the other, you know, quote-unquote alternative stuff that was happening at the time, like that was just way different. Like the, the radio stations that were playing, you know, Nirvana and stuff wouldn't dare play a band with a drum machine, let alone oh. them being being considered a rock band. It's not like they were like flock of seagulls or something like, but just, just, it was just, they were just too hard to categorize. I think for a lot of radio stations. Yeah. There was, there was here. I grew up right. Like I said, right outside Boston, um, WFNX. And they played, um, they played, they might be giants. They played a lot of stuff that, um, other people kind of would have kept away from. I know they were probably one of the first bands around here, at least that played, uh, the Pixies. Um, so I did hear it through that too, um, but as far as you know, was this a college radio went, station? What's that? Was this a college radio station? Uh, no, I, 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 it wasn't associated with a college. No, they were on their own. Um, I think they were associated with. Uh, there used to be a newspaper here called um, the Phoenix. So I think they uh-huh. were like uh, the radio um, arm of the Boston Phoenix. They played. Um, they played a lot of stuff. They were kind of like almost a freeform radio back in the day. Uh, it's it's gone now. But mm-hmm. when I was younger, nobody, I mean, nobody listened to this band. I remember um, I must have been a junior and I was in, a, um, I did, I did drama, like probably most of they might be Giants fans. And <laughs> there was, a, we did a cast party. It was, we did a musical that year. I think it was like Charlie Brown or something. And, um, this is sounds ridiculous now we were talking about, but there was, <laughs> uh, it sounds like nerd alert, nerd alert, but we did, we were, oh, that's, it's all of us. Yeah. <laughs> we're playing this game where it was the, um, the, uh, the people who had, uh, parts versus the chorus. We were doing some game where like people would throw out, uh, a, 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 a verb or a noun or a word or something. And you'd have to come up and, and sing a song about that. And I remember there was this girl, Patty, and someone threw out, um, the word little, and she did the song "Lie Still, Little Bottle." I remember turning. Yeah. Her, I was like so excited. I think we even hugged. Like we both knew this band. It was, yeah. it was such a secret at that time. You couldn't. You, no one knew about it. It was. That's it, awesome. I, I didn't even want to tell people that I listened to them. But I would. People. I'd have my headphones on. They'd say, "Who are you listening to?" I, I would make it up. I would. I would lie and say I'm like to listen to Van Halen or something. <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah, you, I didn't want to like hear people. 
having to explain it and having to listen to them, you know, right. musical taste, which at that point happened a lot, but that's all right. Yeah. 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 I mean, at this point within, you know, they might be giants fans. You can claim super cool status and that you were into them even before the Electra era. Cause I mean, I always thought like I was getting into them late by not hearing them until their fourth album. But at this point, like so many of the people I've had on the show are um, either my age and didn't get into them as young or younger than me and are getting into them much later, like in, well, in this century for one. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, I've had on people that are like, Oh yeah. Phone power was the first album I heard. I'm like, what? That was like, that came out two days ago. Didn't it? <laughs> There's stuff. They, they, they put out so much stuff. I can't even keep track with what they put out. It's, it's hard, especially these it's, days. Where you yeah. Anything, but I've, um, like the the song the the, the album with um, Nanobot that really yep. captured put out a lot that I kind of like I gotta listen to it but there's just no time to really digest. <laughs> it. Yeah, you know I don't know I mean it, it it is tough and you know me taking on this podcast I've you know I I cre- started creating that massive web that spreadsheet almost a year ago like I was already recruiting people and I recorded the first two episodes. Uh, before our daughter was born, and then I and then I didn't even get those two posted because I took a little break to figure out uh, dad stuff, and then finally started posting around Thanksgiving, um, and then really got rolling. But uh, like making that spreadsheet, I'm just like, oh my god, there's so many songs. And then I would keep finding ones that I was missing, and I was just constantly like cutting and pasting around to like make room for these things that I had forgotten. And right now the spreadsheet looks like a total mess because then I like, so p- people are like, well, wh- where's, the, where's the, whole, where's all the venue songs? And I'm like, Oh, right. So I just like pasted them like over to the side and like, I, I'll, I'll clean that up later. <laughs> like there's like, there's too many songs. My God. Like, how is it that they've been, they've been my favorite band for like 25 years at this point, And I'm still like unearthing stuff from way back that I've never heard before. Like, how is that possible? They are so prolific. I mean, I know you've talked about how many songs they put out. The only other band that I can think of that's done as much or more is guided by voices. And a lot of it, you know, some of it's really good. And some of it, I just sound like they just turn on the uh, four track and record whatever. It might be giant. Their stuff. It's still catchy, which I can't believe. If you had told me when I listened to this band years ago that they would still be around, I mean, almost 40 years, it's impossible. They must be the luckiest guys in show business. <laughs> yeah, really. they've just, they've, they've figured out a really good working relationship. And um, I mean, for one, it, it, I mean, it's a weird thing where like they might be giants, you know, it's the Johns, but then they have, a, you know, a band. And, you know, in the 90s, it, it shuffled around a bit, but th- they've settled into this five piece that's been the same five guys for almost 20 years. And they're still considered like the new guys. But even though like Marty started playing yeah. with them in the, in the year 2000, I mean, it's been 19 years ago. Yeah, I think people still think of them as, you know, two guys in a drum machine. And when they first came out, when I was younger, I didn't even know that was a drum machine. I really didn't pay sure. attention. So, yeah, yeah, even yeah. Now, I was listening to Apollo 18 today, getting ready for the show, and I think that still they're still using a drum machine on most yep. of their songs. It doesn't oh, yeah. sound 
maybe it's the um, the budget they had, but it doesn't sound like it's to me. It doesn't sound like a drum machine. Yeah, they were just getting better and better at programming it. And I mean, if you listen to it today, uh, their their stuff today, their modern stuff that has drum machines. Uh, that is all programmed by the Johns, because when I interviewed Marty, I asked him that. I'm like, are you doing the drum programming if it's drum machines or playing on pads or what? And he's like, no, if if they come in with a demo and it's got drum machine and we decide that the drum machine track is the way to go, that's that's them. They program the drums. Uh, so they are still doing drum programming. And, and I think, you know, you know, they started up in 83 working with, you know, the primitive drum machines. And, you know, there were definitely some advances in, uh, you know, rhythm digital rhythm technology, you know, once it got to nine to, you know, nine years later to 92 when Apollo, uh, came out. Um, so, I mean, not only were they getting better at it, um, but there was, you know, newer technology. And also, like you said, they had a bigger budget. So there was like, uh, you know, I was getting beefed up in the studio a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Apollo 18, March 20th, 1992. And, there's a shitload of tracks on this one, right? <laughs> a shitload of songs. We got 38 tracks here. Uh, but we're talking about track number 17 on this episode, and only track number 17. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is catching on fire. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think about this song? Just as a standalone track, right? Because it doesn't belong to any group of songs, not that I know of. <laughs> what a... <laughs> What do you think of everything is catching on fire? Uh, pretty catchy little ditty, huh? It's yeah, it, it's catchy as hell. I mean, that's <laughs> that's one thing. I mean, you, I can play it for uh, for anybody, for any of my kids, and they as soon as they hear that opening track, they they know what it is. <laughs> the fingertips, sweet to crack crack it off with. Uh, not the title track, but the song "Everything Is Catching on Fire." Like that's such a they might be giants thing to do, um, just to start it out with something that sounds so happy and poppy, but it's about things burning, burning up. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's just, it's, it's perfect. It's just encapsulates it the band. It's like that. The, I just picture in my head what that looks like. The person's seen that. <laughs> and I, you're yeah. right. It's like. The, the happiest song like the everything's catching yes ever the even like the the the, the harmonies in that uh, <laughs> it's, it's a miserable situation that they find themselves in <laughs> i mean it really does yeah so they might be giants have done everything is catching on fire and we're just talking about this one song. <laughs> this is hard to do. They've they've performed it 556 known times that they've performed it. And so I'd like to play a live version. They did it on hold on, let me let me find it in case you haven't seen this. I can send you the link. Um they did a tiny desk concert. Oh yeah. I saw that. Had you seen this? I, I have seen that. You can't keep Johnny down. First, so it's just the Johns and Marty. So there's no Dan's, no Dan's here. From the top. Here we go. I mean, how old are these? 
You have so much energy. <laughs> uh, they're in their late fifties now. I mean, I think when they were doing that, that was on the Join Us tour. So that, uh, or like the Join Us promotional run. So that would have been even like seven, eight years ago. Even that. I mean, that's just. Yeah. Now hold on! Don't listen to too much here. We're only talking about everything's catching on fire. <laughs> uh, let, let let's let's listen to a full band version of them. So this is from the early aughts. It's from it, it was bonus footage used on the Gigantic documentary. Did you ever watch Gigantic: A Tale of Two Johns? No, I haven't seen that. Oh my god! Check dude. that out. Yeah, a lot of good stuff from the early era. You'd like. Uh, there's just so much to watch. I just get overwhelmed. This is a song from our uh, Apollo 18 album and it's called Fingertips. Everything is catching Everything is catching Everything is catching Yeah, that's awesome. And this one, I guess we're going kind of out of chronological order. This is uh, Fingertips... 101.9 101.9 K-I-N-K <laughs> King It's really good recording And it's full band And it's from 2015 Hey this is Arlen Spector And Ronnie Spector Of They Might Be Giants And you're watching The Skype Live Studio At 101.9 Kink Radio You're watching your radio Admit it You're watching your radio Everything is catching Yes Yeah, that sounds good. So let's see. I think there's one cover. Of, uh, well, th- I mean, there's a couple covers of this. I think the one I wanted you to look at here was one that had a good visual that went along with this first song, as we talked about it being a very dark visual to imagine such a catchy song. Yeah. Um, so just I sent you another one here. Fingertips cover. Um, this is by, let's see. And I believe I've. Played at least a little bit of this guy's stuff before on an episode. Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence plays music. Everything is catching us. Everything is catching on fire. Everything is catching us. Everything is catching on fire. Yep. It's Carrie and Lawrence. Each of them play a bunch of instruments. Yeah, it's a whole, like, kitchenette in flames. <laughs> uh, goes back to what I was saying. I feel like people have a, people, people um, have a lot of time to do some cool stuff. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think... I think... Um, I think the only thing to do now is to... Uh, I think we should score this song. I mean, I think we've... we've, we've uh, We've dug in pretty deep to a 12-second song. Uh, what would you score? Everything is catching on fire. <laughs> One to ten. All right. With, so with, with, with decimals. Gonna, yes. For all 21 songs on the, in, in, compared to themselves, I guess. Hey, this is just one episode. Don't get ahead of yourself. I haven't invited you on a second episode yet. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I would give everything catches on fire. Everything is catching on fire. Um, probably an eight. Definitely an eight. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good one. You, in, you want to know more. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is it is a great one to kick off this suite of songs. And I think mm, I think I'm gonna give this one. It is a great one. I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Seven point five, nice. Yes. Uh, I think that will do it for this episode of This Might Be a Podcast. Uh, thanks for being on, Tom, on the episode for Everything's Catching on Fire. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, is there anywhere you want the people to find you? Anything you want to plug uh, for uh, this, this episode here? Do you, want, do you want the people to find you or not find you? I got nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy who raises his <laughs> ghost to work. There's, there's nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing worth knowing. Come on, nothing worth knowing. Come on, man. No, no, no. Do, do you want to give them at least your Twitter handle so they can talk to you about them in pajamas? Find me at Twitter at Frozen Lazarus, and I'm always happy to talk about music. Um, and eventually, maybe if I get to know you, I'll share with you my music. But that might be for another day. Oh, okay. Well, what a tease! All right, so you can find <laughs> this might be a podcast on Twitter as well at this might be a pod. Gmail, this might be a pod at Gmail, uh, Facebook.com slash this might be a podcast. And uh, we're on the Patreon, this might be a podcast. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, thanks again, Tom, and we'll see you next time, everybody. Okay.